Welcome to episode 152 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Howdy, John. Howdy yourself, Dirk. For our our topic this week, we're going to chat a little bit about the growing world of esports and virtual sports, which seems to be grafting geekism onto, uh, I don't know, the, the sporting world, but, but we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit uh, because all of this is opening up in a big way. Yeah, Bertie told me that geeks don't like sports, so what's up with this? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, th- I think we'll start with the Big Ten is apparently going to have an eSports. What's the Big Ten? Is it a clothing brand? Uh, yes, the, the, the Big Ten, which, of course, is the, uh, the marketing juggernaut, which is uh, a collection of colleges, which, which basically has this uh, universities, of course, uh, which, which has the devotion of some very rabid fans uh, is probably rivaled only by, you know, professional sports and in, in sort of its uh, adherents, its disciples. And this brand is not, you know, satisfied with just, uh, uh, the sporting events that that we're familiar with, like uh, football, it's now expanding into the world of video gaming. I guess I, I'm not, you know, as familiar with this as uh, uh, you know perhaps other people are. But at PAX East, which is in our uh, hometown of Boston, here there's going to be a, a showdown, I believe, between the Spartans and uh, OSU, um, and I. What what is it? League of Legends. You'll have to you'll have to tell me more about that game. I'm not familiar, but uh, apparently there's teams from both of these universities, and they're going to uh, uh, try to kick the crap out of each other virtually. I suppose is that your understanding of it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's you know esports sort of reaching reaching a different level of of mainstream, um, and and yeah, at PAX East, that Michigan State and Ohio State doing battle in League of Legends. So. Esports has a long history. You know, it's a former Involution client. Dennis Fong was um, considered the first Michael Jordan of video games uh, okay. back in the 1990s. We did a product for him called Raptor, but he famously uh, won a Ferrari in playing competitive video games. That's not not a bad takeaway for playing some video games. Not a bad takeaway, but that's in sort of the nascent stages of esports. And of course, now with fast internet and you know easy. Uh, you know, easy streaming and and ubiquitous online video content. Um, esports has become a relatively big deal. Relatively meaning it's still niche and small. You know, sort of like on an X Games kind of level. You know, sort of at the skateboarding level. But it's right. it's a thing. Like it's a real thing now. And um, real money is being won. You know, in the tens or even in the hundreds of thousands of dollars by teams that. Um, you know, the, the way it works is you'll have a, a team that trains as if it's like an Olympic team, which is to say uh, they're full time. They're all sort of living together. They're playing these games and training, um, you know, year round, basically, wow. um, in order to go and compete. I'm not talking about these uh, university teams. Now I'm talking about esports in a more general way. So that's been happening for some years. Um, and, you know, we've seen media coverage for esports um, expanding over time. ESPN has been covering it for at least a couple of years now, again, at sort of a skateboardy level, but carrying it nonetheless, um, you know, different um, publications. I, I won't go quite so far as to call them mainstream, but, you know, for example, video game publications um, now give a, a, a significant amount of coverage to esports, um, which in the past would have been would have been just totally silly. You know, it was 
um, good publications, publications like Polygon, like have really mm-hmm. um, made an investment in that direction. Um, journalists, you know, like uh, Rob Zachney would be an example of someone who has has moved from more traditional um, video game journalism into dedicated esports coverage. So that's definitely been an evolving um, space, but one that even though it's only sort of cresting relatively mainstream media now, you know, you're talking 20 years in the making, basically. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's a whole culture around that that I you know I'm less familiar with when I was when I was uh, a sort of the age where where you might participate in this sort of thing I was I was mostly falling off my skateboard uh, no no X games for me unfortunately but um, this this seems like it's a generational thing and it, it seems like uh, like like many aspects of the digital life you know coming into the mainstream. Uh, you know, often hides a, a very strong underground following. Um, same thing happens, of course, with, you know, on the music side, which I'm more familiar with, electronic dance music, underground thing when, you know, I was in my 20s. It's huge now, festivals everywhere. It's a very mainstream uh, sort of uh, electronic music is, uh, you know, just the rock and roll for for the millennials, I think, much the way that uh, esports uh, must be, you know, seem like like basketball or or football or whatever. Something that that really uh, raised my interest was that uh, ESPN this week uh, signed signed a deal with the uh, the IDRA, which is the International Drone Racing Association. So so we're talking about esports as um, you know as this up and coming thing. Apparently. Uh, the first person uh, view of drone racing is now becoming, you know, a, uh, a a sport in and of itself. So, so you see these guys who are who are wearing these huge goggles. I guess they're getting the the feed from the drone camera, and the uh, the the national championship is going to be in New York in August, apparently, and that's going to be the first thing that ESPN is going to put on on television. But that that seems you know, kind of intense. You're going to be getting all this real-time information from your drone while flying around, I don't know, the Statue of Liberty or flying through the streets of Manhattan. Who knows what they're doing? There might be doing. some FAA regulations. Uh, I would think so. <laughs> flying into, you know, a helicopter when you're not supposed to, perhaps. But but it's interesting. There's there's the physical aspect to the drone racing that's, uh, you know, the the object that's going through the air. And then there's the virtual aspect which is similar to the esports that that we're talking about so so there's the information that's being uh digested digitally uh while the physical object is is sort of uh, happening in real time what what do you make of of drone racing we've we've had a number of conversations about how we think drones can be uh good but also could be you know horribly dangerous yeah i think i think drone racing is fine you know it's uh, drone racing in and of itself, the potential is is somewhat limited, and there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, one is, and, and I mean this from a viewer's perspective, like as we're talking about ESPN televising this stuff. One is if you look at the videos and go in the first person, you know, drone races, um, it, it's disorienting. It makes you it makes you feel a little sick, or at least it made me feel sick. And I've read uh, accounts of other people feeling that way as well. And in that way, it's it's somewhat similar to uh, VR, virtual reality, which is also taking off 
and also can make people feel feel sick. Um, but being that the first person view makes you feel sick, um, and frankly, the amount of surrounding context you could get from first person view wasn't great. Um, it was sort of it was sort of an exciting whizzing ride around, but in context of the race, there, you weren't getting a whole lot of data about what the hell was going on. Right, um, and the nature of the way that these fly around. It doesn't lend itself to to uh, I guess television is like an obsolete way to refer to it, but it doesn't lend itself to television. It's these things are moving really freaking fast. They're pretty small. They're kind of hard to see in detail. It's hard to make out differences between them in in meaningful ways. Like as you get to like a, a information chunking and uh, information. Uh, uh, sort of parsing perspective. Um, so it, it just, this particular technology doesn't lend itself well to, to great television and like a really compelling spectator platform. However, it is, you know, a, another step down the path of our, um, our celebrating performances that are more based on machine performance as opposed to human performance. You know, I, I first wrote about this in the context of Oscar Pistorius back in 2008, how um, we've started down that slippery slope from, you know, the, the sort of perfect human, you know, non-modified, non-drug-enhanced competition into something that is inevitably headed towards, you know, killer uh, death robots killing each other, right. right? I mean, that's the conclusion at some way point far down the road. But this is just sort of another step toward it. Like these little drones zipping about, it's not the right technology. It's not. It's not going to like take off and be this super popular thing. But the question is, what's the the two or three two or three generations of technology down the road? Um, what is that thing? And that will then become a spectator sport that is popular, is interesting, lends itself well to representation in look like a virtual reality environment, which is, I think, where we'll be for consuming that kind of content two to three generations down. Um, and that will be interesting. So this is like, you know, the little baby steps out, like the crummy not working that well um, for being a spectator sport manifestation um, that will evolve into something provocative and exciting, you know, in the in the 2020s, basically. Right. So, so you don't see drone racing as being the NASCAR of, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, this decade. We'll have to wait, uh, wait, wait another decade at least before we start seeing branding on these things and uh, uh, start seeing the kind of sponsorship and popularity. It's just, the form factor doesn't lend itself to it because they're they're too small. They move too fast. It's like. To get the scale right, they'd have to be these massive ships, right? So that had that were big that you could tell by the very shape and form factor of them. You could tell some degree of difference, color, advertising, giant things plastered and emblazoned on them. Um, so that then their movement didn't just seem like this little thing zipping around. It was like a craft that your eyes can can understand. It's like you know if you think about Formula One racing, for example. Like there's a lot of things that go into that being something that you can watch and be interested in, whether it be sitting in the grandstand or watching on television, this little drone racing has absolutely none of that. Sure. Yeah. To speak a, a little bit more about uh, the correlation between something like Formula One or NASCAR, I mean, we, we do have, uh, you know, well, that and and sort of these other types of esports and drone racing, you, you do have the machine 
performance there, right, in, in Formula One and NASCAR, uh, where, you know, there is this relationship between the driver and the machine, uh, as well as, you know, certain types of strategies for how you manage uh, the amount of fuel or your tires or when you pit and when you don't um, and and how you approach different areas of the track. So I imagine as you start peeling back the onion of of, of whether it's drone races or or larger craft races or or fighting killer robots, which I would definitely pay money to see, um, you know, I, I think that 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 intimate relationship between. Uh, the person and, you know, whatever that machine performance is, I, I, I think people can lock on to that. It's just sort of a matter of, uh, uh, you know, understanding the, the sport, right, in, in more depth. Uh, on the esports side, I imagine that 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 will happen as well as as we start to you know understand like that that team training thing. I had no idea that yeah. that that was happening, and and that's very sort of uh, you could see a behind the scenes kind of you know esports how we train to uh, you know go to PAX East right and an HBO special sometime in uh, in 2020. So so I suppose it's all coming, but it's it's definitely strange to see the trans transition now between, uh, you know, the sort of sporting events, you know, that, that are, we'll call more traditional and then this grafting on of seriously high technology, uh, and then watching the culture change about, you know, about those things as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like how you mentioned the technology aspect in, in formula one. And one of the things that, that's important in that context is for people watching on television or in the stands, 99% the particulars of the technology aren't important. However, what they're aware of are the human aspects of the technology. So it's meaningful that Michael Schumacher was driving a Ferrari and Jacques Villeneuve, to date myself in terms of when I paid attention right. to these things, was driving a Williams. Like the brand names mattered, A, and B, the engineers mattered. Like Formula One fans know who Ross Braun is. Ross Braun is a badass who makes cars that win world champions. Um, you know, the, uh, Formula One fans know who Adrian Newey is. So there's there's these human aspects to it. And when you look at the, the telev televising of it, Ross Braun and Adrian Newey are sitting there with their headsets on at the thing, you know, mm -hmm. part of the story. Yes. The story remains very human. It's about Schumacher and Braun and, and these different people. And at, at this point with what they're forwarding with drone racing to the degree that I've looked into it and paid attention to it myself – the you know the first of all the brand names of the drones are totally unheard of by anybody they're definitely not being leveraged much by the commentators either right mm -hmm. so there's that lack of like um brand name technology that a user can get some kind of emotional identification with. And then there certainly is a total lack of like the engineering side. It's not like, oh, you know, Bob Jones is there overlooking his Model Z, blah, blah, blah. You know, sure. there's none of that. All you have are these guys wearing these goofy glasses, um, you know, moving around a control pad of these drones that you can't can't make sense or difference of. So it's 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 just sort of stupid in the sense that the technology is at a point where it's not consumable in so very many ways, and yet it's it's an important baby step toward whatever that final form factor will be that really is revolutionary. This ain't it, though. Yeah, that's uh, going to be an evolution that's that's worth watching, though. I think. 
Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett, that's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at DNemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Or email me, Dirk, at GoInvo.com. So that's it for episode 152 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. Next time.